Hey guys, it's competition time. How would you like to be interviewed on the Game Changers Experience podcast as a top thought leader and industry game changer? Well, you can. I'm offering one lucky spot to one lucky listener who'd like to come up onto the show. Now, the great thing about this show is that it's in the top 2.5% global rankings. We're in 43 different countries and we have thousands of downloads from around the world. So if you want to get your message out there in the in the big wide world, this is a great opportunity to do so. Now, there's a couple of things that you've got to do. Number one is you've got to leave a five-star review on Apple or on Spotify and then send me a screenshot or tag me. You can send me a screenshot to hello at adamstrong.net. hello at adamstrong.net. And also buy me a coffee. The link is below. Buy me a coffee. Buy me a coffee based on the value that you get from the show personally. And then we'll be reviewing applicants over the next couple of weeks. And I'll be making an announcement on June 15th on the lucky winner. So listen, good luck. And uh, we'll see you soon. Take care. This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. And today we have another great show lined up, and we and uh, today is no different from any other show, of course. Today we have the amazing Doug Gordon. Uh, Doug is a speaker, a radio host, he's a healer, a coach, and also a business consultant. Now, prior to that, Doug spent 21 years in the investment world and worked as an investment head for some of the largest uh, fund uh, man- uh, fund managers in in the world, and he grew an asset management business from fifty million dollars and grew it to over one uh, grew it to over one point seven five billion dollars in just six years. Uh, he's coached and consulted with some of the largest companies in the world, such as Dell, Bank of Ireland, Salesforce, just to mention a few. He's also done some coaching and consulting with Hollywood stars and New York Times bestselling authors, just to mention a few. And today we're going to be having um, a really interesting conversation because, you know, Doug has got um, a multitude of different skill sets and um, got some great energy about him. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about, um, interestingly enough, we're going to be talking about how he went from business guru to Buddha, right? Interestingly enough, right? So how does that work? So we're going to be talking a little bit about um, how he grew that portfolio, um, you know, back back then we're going to be talking about the story but then we're going to talk about his near-death experience as well we're going to be talking about how he got into the healing game right what does healing mean to him we're also going to be talking about energy because as you guys know i'm really big into energy and uh i you know and so we can have some really great conversations so without further ado doug welcome to the show thanks adam great to be here very good very good awesome so listen interestingly enough um, I want to I want to jump straight in, if I may, because you spent 21 years in the investment world, right, and worked with some of the largest fund companies in the world with the 
biggest fund managers and things like that. And, you know, and you grew a portfolio from $50 million to 1.75 in just six years. I mean, that's a pretty big achievement. I mean, tell us a little bit about that. Like, tell us, tell us a little bit about like, what did, what did, what did you do to make that happen? First of all? Sure. So when I was, I went in and worked at this particular company in 2006 and at the particular point in time, the sales weren't that good. They, I think generally, I always say to a lot of my salespeople when I was managing people is that activity plus knowledge equals sales. And I think the person that was in there before wasn't very active. I think he was a little bit lazy. Mm. And because of that, nothing was coming in. So what I truly believe in, in terms of sales, I always use an acronym uh, quite often in terms of anything really, it can work for anything, but it works really well in sales. Is, is make sales. So that's mindset. And having the right mindset can really create a very much higher performance in terms of what you do, because obviously positive people produce positive results. And actually, interestingly, on that, I'll tell you, Adam, because being a stock market guy, I'm also a trained fund manager and investment advisor. And I had a look into the stock market. And it's very interesting to see that if you look at the stock market the day before Thanksgiving, the day before Easter, the day before Independence Day, and the last two weeks of the year in terms of the Santa Rally, the stock market goes up 85% of the time. Why is that? Well, it's because people who are positive produce positive results. Mm. So that's the first thing in terms of mindset. In terms of actions, what I always make, make sure I do is I have a business plan in place, but I don't just put my business plan in place for the, for the year with a target. I also make sure that I'm targeting myself for the quarter of the month and the week. And I also am very big into visualization. And even when before, when I was there, I would visualize myself being successful with different accounts, visualize myself having long-term relationships with people and affirm that out loud quite often as well. I'm very much into all the mindset stuff. Secondly, client mapping. It's amazing how so many people in sales spend the wrong time with the wrong people. Whereas if you optimize your time, spending the right time, the right people, you can produce more revenue. And so I'm very much targeted down who are the biggest clients in the industry that I can approach and what can I approach them with? And that's where knowledge comes in as well. Know your client, know your product, know your industry, and match your client needs to your USPs. Very important to make sure that you know what your client is investing in terms of their portfolio. So I'll give you an example. So in the year that I did 1.75 billion, um, which was in 2012, I actually had one particular client and we had, uh, well, they already had, I'd already got into our, our, our business, 285 million to our emerging market debt fund, which was great. But we lost the entire team bar one. And, you know, the CEO of the company said to me, he said, oh, Doug, the money's going to go. And that's a lot of money for a particular account. Right. 285. And uh, in the end, I then I, I, I went and obviously approached the company straight away, telling them before it even gone to press what was happening, because they're a good client of ours. And I said, look, we've got one guy left. He's a very good guy. The reason why he didn't go is because he's not great at English and his communication skills aren't great. But in terms of his portfolio management, he's fantastic. So one, I showed respect and trust to the client by going to them before the market knew about it. Secondly, then I, you know, I trained up the format. I'm very good at training people in terms of sales skills, marketing skills, especially presentation skills. And he needed to, and I gave him a lot of knowledge about the client, but I also knew that um, the client, which actually is Jupiter and they won't mind me saying who it is. Jupiter uh, had interest in our European equity fund. And I knew in their portfolio, their overall fund portfolio, their 12 billion. And I also knew that they had a 10% allocation to European equities, which meant they had 1.2 billion allocation there. And I knew they had four funds there. So I knew they had an allocation of about 
300 and something thousand uh, in that area of, um, you know, European potentially, if they were to replace one of the funds with our fund. Mm -hmm. So, and I knew they were interested in our European equity fund. So I went in there, I, I rang them up and said, look, I know that if you move the money away, it's going to cost you a little bit in terms of capital gains tax. Whereas if you stay within our umbrella of our portfolios, and I know you like our European equity fund, um, you, you can save money in that respect. And, you know, it looks good in terms of moving across. Anyway, we went back and I brought in not just the emerging market debt guy to repitch the business, I brought the European equity guy as well. And we won both of them. So we went for a potential loss of 285 million. And by the end of that year, actually, they put in an extra 530 million just that time. Wow. So it's all about, so you've got mindset, actions, knowledge, and the final bit is energy. And that's positive energy and getting into a kind of a flow state in terms of energy so that you've optimized your energy to optimize your performance. And in terms of energy, whether in sales or anything, I always went in with a sense of love for what I do and love for the clients I was serving as well. And when you have love, you have lots of vibrant energy as well. You know, it's really interesting. You know, it's because you are from like the stockbroking investment world and it's a very different language that you're using compared to what most people in, in, in the investment world use. You know, you use the word mindset a lot and love and you know, they're, they're, com they're, I wouldn't say they're anti-words, but they're just words that wouldn't come up in a, in a normal conversation. Would you agree on that? Well, you'd be surprised this day and age, Adam. There's a lot of people actually now, I have to say, who, you know, I was in uh, one particular company where I was working for, and there was Reiki people in there and, you mm. know, the Reiki healers and stuff and wow. very much into meditation, into yoga and everything like that. So actually, you find that there are a lot of people into the stuff, uh, but in a business meeting, you know, most people wouldn't talk about it. But mm. I did. And when I did that in the business meetings, not straight away, obviously, when I got to know people after a little while, people like that because they get you gain trust because they can see a little bit more of the inner you, the true you, the authentic you, rather than a salesperson, if that makes sense. Interestingly enough, you mentioned something um, in your conversation where you were talking about, if you look at like Independence Day, or you look at the two years before the end of the year type thing, and there's this kind of surge in the markets. Now, interestingly enough, you talked about mindset. From your perspective, now, interestingly enough, would you said it was mindset or motivation? What what's your what's your connotation? Do, 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 does it make any difference? I mean, they're, they're obviously two main, two different uh, catalysts, if you like, but very different in their own ways. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah. So look, motivation comes from the word motive, which is a reason which is outside you. Whereas inspiration comes from the word in spirit, which means it comes from inside of you in a sense of purpose and love. As I was talking about, mm. people talk purpose i just like calling it love um so you know in terms of any bit job i think it's really important to have a sense of purpose and understanding and you can create purpose in your life in three different ways one is to you know really love what you do and also love adding value to other people as well mm. so that that's one way secondly you can have a look at the energetics of all the different tasks you do and how it adds value to people so let's take the investment world, for example. So as an investment management company, we were adding value to that granny or grandpa to make sure that they could retire younger, give more to their children, their grandchildren, their favorite charity, or buy a better retirement home. So every single time that we outperform the market or you know, produce really good results, we were adding value to them and bettering their lives. And when you can understand that energetics in terms of 
what you do betters somebody's life, it gives you a sense of vitality and meaning and purpose. And then the final way of creating purpose is we all go through hardships in life, whether it be, mm. you know, I went through a marriage breakdown, I went through, uh, you know, two operations that went wrong, uh, three years of chronic pain, waking up sometimes 10 times in the night, uh, I went through a near death experience, all of those, you know, hardships. But actually, when I look at those hardships now, looking back at them, they were the best things that happened to me because they helped me grow and learn from them. And then I've utilized them to help other people in some way or form as well. So we can turn our messes into messages in some way or form and give them meaning. Do you find that, um, I mean, I know that I've had conversations with stockbrokers before and people in the investment world. I know that maybe the younger generation is probably more affected than the older generation. I don't know. But when, because they're dealing with large amounts of money, you know, and they have this kind of what I call the fear factor of, holy crap, I could be losing, you know, I don't know, nine, 10 figures for my company or whatever it might be, you know, and, and it's, I suppose, like you said, it's a mindset. And I'm sure, but how do you kind of deal with the whole kind of um, the money side of stuff, you know, this whole kind of, oh, you know, I could potentially lose this large amount of money. And then, you know, they have this stigma around money or, you know, their, their relationship with money and wealth, what's your, I'd, I'd love to know what your thoughts are, are about this. And if you've come across that regularly. Yeah, look, risk factors are very important in any investment. And I mm. think that, you know, most of the stockbrokers, well, all of the stockbrokers, all of the fund managers have uh, risk strategies in place to ensure the best possible practice. Yeah. Now, having said that, what they're always trying to do is look for opportunities. And opportunities in terms of investments really comes down to knowledge. I mean, there are a lot of people that play momentum plays and everything like that. But really, what you need to be doing is to have really good knowledge of the individual company, the people who are working there, the products they have, and the market as well. Mm -hmm. And that way, when you have that knowledge and you can see there's an opportunity there for them to grow in some way or form, that's when you can really get a good investment for an underlying client. But it's also very important to make sure in terms of risk, which is what you're talking about in terms of fear, right. uh, when, you have, when you have risk, it's important to make sure that you spread your portfolio and not lay all your eggs in one basket. So there's a lot of people I hear on, you know, we met on Clubhouse, for example, they're pushing cryptocurrency. In a general portfolio, uh, you know, currency would only be about 5% of the portfolio. You know, it's, you know, equity assets, bond assets, property assets, hedge fund assets, private equity assets, maybe gold assets. And then eventually you might have a little bit of currency and cash. But it's really, I mean, people don't realize, but, you know, 5% would be the max you'd really want, or maybe 10% max into that side of things. And you need to spread your risk right across the world, not just in European equities, not just in US equities, but right across the world. So you have diversification and more opportunities and more areas. Do you think that, uh, you know, the, the surge of cryptocurrencies over the last sort of 10 years, do you think that that's changed investors' minds and, kind of you know it shifted that kind of five percent what you're you know what you're saying oh you know but do you think that's kind of challenged that kind of thought process what's your thoughts on that well i think you know cryptocurrency is a bet rather than an investment Lovely. and it, it, 
based on uh, fluctuation of prices, based on supply and demand, based on economics, uh, and it can be affected very, very quickly, as we've seen by different things uh, and different people even voicing certain things. Like, so obviously Elon Musk voiced how he felt about cryptocurrency and we saw the price move quite rapidly. It wouldn't work as, uh, as poignantly as it did in that respect in the stock market. Uh, the stock market is more stable um, and is based on more fundamentals uh, and proper investment uh, knowledge rather than just betting. And yes, you can make a lot of money in crypto if you get in there at the right time. But if most people invested, say, in February 2009 in the stock market, they would be looking very, very happy now at their portfolio. I'm sure they would be. <laughs> Very good point. Hey, good stuff. So tell us, because I know that, um, and, and I can't remember, because I know that we've spoken offline about it, but I can't remember the date. You had a near-death experience, which I suppose, would, and, and the near-death experience, I don't know if that transitioned you out of the investment world to what you do into healing and stuff like that. Um, tell us a little bit about that and how, how you got into healing. Yeah, sure, Adam. So, uh, 2008 obviously was a bit, bit of a tough time for everybody in the markets and mm. uh, you know I, I was working in a team we had a hedge fund portfolio of about three and a half billion and unfortunately all of that walked out the door and that was what our, our most profitable part of the business and because of that we had to lay off quite a lot of staff and although you know I was doing very well thankfully so I was fine but I'm still very empathic towards other people and I could feel the energy and um, I got very stressed and the stress led to ailment after ailment, doctor after doctor, specialist after specialist, two operations that went wrong. And then followed by that, it was three years of chronic pain, sometimes waking up 10 times in the night, like I was being punched in the stomach. Wow. And it was, it, it was a tough time. It led to, you know, problems in my marriage because obviously I was waking my wife up as well at the time. And that led to their marriage breakdown. Uh, and then when I thought nothing would really get any worse in 2012, I got the neurovirus, which is like a stomach bomb. And when you'd had the operations that I had, you didn't want to get the neurovirus. And after 10 days of serious dehydration, uh, um, I was feeling something in my heart. I was rushed to hospital, ECG said heart, blood pressure doubled, arrived into A&E, rushed down to X-ray, and on the way down to X-ray, I had my near-death experience where I was encapsulated in this amazing feeling of love, energy, and connection. Nothing like I ever felt before. Obviously, I came back, otherwise I would be speaking to you. <laughs> <laughs> And that was, you know, such a spiritual experience that I, I decided I needed to go and give something back initially. And I was going to do a church course called the Alpha Course, which Bear Grylls had done. And um, I went and did it. And when I turned up, obviously, they were talking about Jesus. I thought, OK. Um, and I, <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was for me. And, um, I, you know, I went to Sunday school and all that kind of stuff. But I wasn't sure if it was for me. And I went out and asked the universe. I said, give me a sign. And two days later, I was running. I used to play uh, Premier League, National League hockey. And I was running with my dog dog tripped me up never had done it before and then cut my hand on my knee to shreds and on my hand in cuts I had two infinity signs either side of the letters of the cross INRI um, which I still have um, photos of so at that point I thought okay that's a good enough sign to go back and do the course I did the course had some more spiritual weird experiences and then at that point I got into initially a religion but then Gradually, I felt that religions are all beautiful in their own right, but they're like rivers to the sea. So the sea being God, universal energy, Allah, whatever you believe in. And I think they're all beautiful and they're all a path. Um, and I wanted to learn more about all of them because I feel it would be ignorant of me just to feel there's one path to that sea when there's been so many beautiful journeys from so many beautiful people right across the world. 
So I started studying lots of different religions, then got into spirituality. Then I wanted to heal myself properly. So I then became a master teacher healer, learned about uh, lots of different healing modalities. The healing turned into life coaching because of the mind-body connection. Life coaching turned into business coaching because of the 21 years in the investment world. And then people started asking me on stage to speak and I was offered a radio show and the rest is history. Isn't that interesting? Well, you know, I honestly, I, I don't... I, I think that I find that fascinating. I don't know about you guys, but I find that fascinating. It's a great story, by the way, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, it, it's just like it puts things into perspective. It, you know, I, I suppose I'm a little bit speechless in a way because it's kind of like, wow, you know, I thought I had my story. But wow, we all, we all have our own stories, though, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. Right. You, you don't have to have this near death experience or what Doug has gone through in order to be a superstar or have success whatever that looks like to you so interesting i love it very cool very cool um you, you know adam you're, you're very right because the reason why i think i had the near-death experience is because i wasn't living my true purpose hmm. and you could call it your own subconscious your soul the, whatever you want to call it woke me up and that was why and once i woke up and i was aligned to my true sense of purpose it was amazing how quickly uh, my body healed i felt much better and living a life of purpose. Did you, um, just out of curiosity, was there any point in, within that scope, within that kind of like that change, whatever you want to call it, did you ever go, did you ever feel skeptical about the whole kind of process? Did you ever kind of question, you think, hang on a minute, is this just a coincidence or what? Well, I don't know. I mean, back in the day, I mean, if, if it had happened to me, I would have been like, okay, this is just weird, right? I don't know. How did you react when, 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 you, when, it first, when you first kind of, you know, had these realizations? Yeah, there's a lot more kind of woo-woo stuff that happened to me, which I won't go into. <laughs> um, but, but, but one of the things I will say, so not long after the near-death experience, but maybe about a year afterwards or something like that, and I hadn't yeah. studied all the different arts of um, modalities of healing, my son had stepped on a, um, I, I was told by a psychic that I had healing ability. So um, I, my son had stepped on a very large splinter. We have a holiday home down in the south coast of Ireland. And we were down there and he couldn't get out. We're going to have to go to hospital. The nearest hospital is about an hour away. And I just said to my then wife, I'm, I'm separated now. I said to my then wife, I said, shall I try my healing? And she laughed at me. And I thought, you know, I'm going to give it a go. So um, I just visualized it coming out, the splinter coming out. I visualized energy coming into the top of my head, down into my heart, along my hands and into his feet and um, did it for about five minutes, looked and nothing happened. And then turned away, walked away. And within two minutes, my son went and he was only seven at the time. He said, dad, 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 it just came out. I didn't touch it. I didn't touch it. I didn't touch it. <laughs> so at that point, I kind of thought, OK, well, there's something in this. And then I had my father came to me he had a sore back and I fixed his back. I've had people who um, were on medication for pain uh, come to me and they it disappeared. Um, and I've had some miracle other stuff. I had someone who actually with COVID, long COVID, and she actually did a video on YouTube for me. And um, yeah, the, 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 the COVID went. Um, so lots of different things. And even like this week, just I, there was a lady who had a house. That had, there was some horrific thing that happened in the house before uh, she moved in. Some pretty horrible energy in there. And I went in and she's just sent me a text. I actually put it on social media um, saying, oh my God, the house energy has completely changed. And what it is, is just, it's about 
turning you know, low frequency vibration into higher frequency vibration and basically bringing this energy in. Because let's face it, there's energy all around us, Adam. I'm speaking into the computer, which is going up to the satellite, which is going down to you and going into your ear. So there's a vibration of energy all around us at every single time. There's 5 billion phones on the planet at the moment in 8, 8 billion people. So with that vibration and that understanding of that energy around us, we can hone into that energy that's all around us and bring certain energies into us. And if you have a slice, dice, or bang within your body that's out of sync, because let's face it, pain is just vibration that's out of sync, out of its normal vibration. It sends a message to your brain saying, look, there's something wrong here because it's not vibrating in the normal way. Uh, and then what I, I can do, and many people can do, and actually you can do it yourself if you connect and do this appropriately, is bring energy down in to myself, bring it into yourself or whoever, and re-sync the energy that's out of a vibration back into vibration. Now, sometimes it happens instantly in terms of the healing. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time. So for example, there was a lady who was getting migraines. She came for healing with me and uh, nothing helped for maybe a week to, I think it was three weeks before suddenly they just dissipated and she'd had them for two years. So it's about integration to the body. And obviously uh, what I try and do is I align people's energies back into the way it should be. And then they self heal themselves, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and I suppose that was, <clears throat> that was just about to answer my question because can people actually self heal? Well, I suppose you, what you've answered, you've answered the question really. Yes, they can. So, okay. Interestingly enough, I and mean, you've talked a lot about vibrational energy you taught and vibrations. You talked a little bit about uh, how to heal yourself. And this is really juicy stuff, by the way. I love it. And I'm really big into energy, as you know. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about this um, energy field, if you like, right? What, what, you know, in terms of energy. So say some of our listeners, for example, okay. And, you know, they're in the, they're in the, they want to achieve success, whatever success wants to, uh, wants to look like for them. But you know that there's a block, whatever that block looks like. How can we use energy as an advantage to achieve and get those breakthroughs? What is it that we need to do as, as, as people, as human beings? What, what is it, where is it that we need to start in terms of the healing process? Okay, well, Look, as I, said, as I said earlier, one of the first best things you can do is actually make sure that you're following a life of purpose. Because mm -hmm. let's face it, if you're doing something that you don't, like, like let's take it, right? I, I often use this uh, when, I, when I start my speeches. A lot of people in jobs they don't really enjoy, the alarm goes off, you know, they slap snooze a few times, <laughs> they drag themselves to the side of the bed, they drag themselves into the office, they look at the screen and go, what the bleep am I doing here all day, right? Groundhog day. And yet, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and yet that same person might be packing till 3 a.m. because they're going on holiday the next day, getting up at 6 a.m., they spring out of bed, spring into a taxi, spring into the airplane, spring into the swimming pool with loads of energy because they're aligned to something they love doing. So the first thing is to make sure that you've got a real sense of meaning for what you do. And then you'll find that you'll have a lot more vitality and a lot more motivation or inspiration to get out of bed and really do something and make it happen. Now, having said that, we also sometimes play parental programs and those parental programs can cause trigger points in terms of emotional intelligence. And the most successful people in leadership and business are the most emotionally intelligent. 
because they're self-aware, they're self-regulated, they have empathy and compassion towards their, their teams and their clients. They also have very good motivation and inspiration skills, and they're very good at communication skills as well, which are all parts of emotional intelligence. So it's very important that you work on them in a self-awareness state every single day. And I still have to every single day, everybody does. You know, what are the thoughts you're having? What are the habits and behaviors you're putting in place? And what are the emotions or feelings you're having? Analyze them, look at them and think what I could I have thought best in those interactions, including with your own self. What could I have behaved like best? And how could I have felt best in order to implement that change within you in terms of awareness? Now, on top of that, though, you know, in terms of if you want to take something in terms of the energetics, because if you have that awareness, you can then through awareness and acceptance, of these trigger points are in you, you can then let go of them. But then in terms of seeding a new neuroplastic change in terms of energy within the subconscious or the brain, you can then use positive affirmations of the opposite. So let's just say, for example, you're not actively listening enough to your spouse or your colleagues or, you know, often we get these situations where, you know, someone's talking and you're just thinking about what you're going to say next rather than what actually yeah, really listening to them. And so what you can do is put a positive affirmation in place saying that I'm always listening. I'm always actively listening with love and to, and to understand the other person's perspective. And whatever it might be, so say, for example, if you didn't feel you're worthy of success, you say, I am worthy of success. So use I am statements. And then I always say to people, look, it takes at least 21 days to implement a habit into your psyche. So sit in front of the mirror or with a coach, if you can, put your hand in your heart, look at yourself eye to eye in the mirror and say those loudly out, out loud in front of the mirror in order to implement neuroplastic change. Because by voicing it out loud, it triggers three parts of the brain, including the subconscious, which means it sends the message back in there and implements accountability with your own self as well. So it's very powerful if you do these. And actually affirmations are very, very powerful because again, they're energy. And as we said earlier on, really, everything is energy, thought or energy, speech is energy, thoughts lead to speech, speech leads to actions, actions leads to habits and habits leads to destiny. So start with positive thought and with a positive destiny. And if you go around, and I often do this, voicing out loud, like, you know, I am feeling fantastic today. I'm attracting positive abundance, love and joy into my life every day. And you say these regularly, it's incredible. And even better, if you write them down and I've experimented with this because what I do is I generally write down I am grateful statements for what I have so I would write down I am grateful for my my friends my family my house my girlfriend my food my money my car my dog everything every day and then I write I am grateful statements for what I have but I very much make sure that I put my name in it as well because I believe in reincarnation. I don't want to create it in, the, in a future life. I want to create it now. So I always go, I am grateful to the universe that I, Douglas Gordon, am an inspirational speaker speaking all around the world, touching people's hearts, changing their lives and being paid for it as well. So make sure you're specific about your I am grateful statement as well. And I do this and I've, I've tested it, Adam. It's funny. I've done it and then I've stopped for a while on purpose to see if there's any change. And I found quite often, and actually I did this recently, I found suddenly there was like a bit of stagnancy in new clients and money and all this kind of stuff. And then suddenly I start doing it again. And literally I started doing it again, uh, you know, literally a couple of weeks ago, just to test it out. And suddenly the flow of new clients, positivity, new speaking engagements, everything like that is amazing. I mean, like, this is like the fourth podcast I've done in a week. Um, and, you know, it just shows you this, what's happening at the moment. So I always say to people, write them down. People say, oh, it sounds a bit pointless. I can't be bothered. Well, why do you think they used to give kids in school when they did something wrong lines? Because what it does is it, it <laughs> cements the idea 
the, the knowledge, the goal into your subconscious. So you're putting yourself into the energy. So, so for example, I've just finished writing a book called High Performance Success Without Stress, How to Optimize Your Energy to Optimize Your Life, right? I, every day, write down, I am grateful that I am an author having sold 100 million copies of my book to touch 100 million hearts. So you also make the I am grateful goal or statement about adding value to people's lives. It's interesting, I had John Matone on my radio show and he was, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Steve Jobs's coach, executive coach. And 20 years ago, he wrote a book on sales and marketing and leadership. And he had the intention of putting the book out and getting gigs to get on stage and make money. And he didn't sell a book. 10 <laughs> years later, he reread he re he re his book and thought to himself, you know what, this could add value just to one, you know, young executive who wants to get into sales and leadership. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put it out there with a sense of love and giving. Anyway, put it out again. He did change the cover, but he became a New York Times bestseller without any funny kind of tweaks. And Steve Jobs read the book, brought him in and made him his executive coach. Now he speaks all over the world. So he had that intention of adding value to people as well. So make sure you do that. And it's really powerful because you get into the energy, you're showing the universe that you're adding value to people and you've got that intention as well. And it's amazing. One thing I will say is so a lot of people I know do I'm grateful statements. They say, I'm grateful that I'm a best-selling author. And they become a best-selling author for a week because they buy all their own books or they tweak it or whatever it might be. <laughs> this is why I say, I am grateful that I'm a, I'm a best-selling author having sold 100 million books to touch 100 million hearts to change their lives. So, so that's the kind of I, I got a question about the affirmations because I've got my affirmations written down here, by the way. There we go. Um, so I've got 10 affirmations that I've created for myself. But here's the here's the, here, and, 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 I'm, and maybe this is the same, same for some of our listeners. It's all very well having affirmations, read them out, you know, the routine that you've created that you just just mentioned. However, what if you have in the back of your mind not limitations, but kind of doubts. And how does those doubts then manifest into reality as such? Do you, do you, how do you kind of clear the doubt first before going all in with the affirmation? I mean, what's your thoughts about this? Have you ever experienced this at all? Yeah, look, we, we all have negative thoughts, right? We all have mm. doubts. Um, it's a bit like I think Brian Tracy talked about it. It's like having a garden and you can put plant loads of beautiful flowers, which are the positives, but you'll always get some weeds as well. <laughs> one of the things that I, I, I actually give this uh, to kids and you might like this a bit of fun. I, I've done it myself as well, mm. is that I believe that when we come down this planet, we come down as being of light and all we think about is positive things, really. And what happens is, is that our mums, our dads, our brothers, our sisters, cousins, whatever, they come and piss us off somewhere. <laughs> so then, that, then when you get to about five years of age, suddenly you start developing a little bit of resentment, anger, guilt, whatever it might be. And that's when it really starts to kick in. So I always say to people like, you know, come down to this planet as being a light. Um, so anything that comes in terms of negative, in terms of darkness comes from outside of you. So based on that premise, then, you know, you're being of light. So if you get a negative thought, think of it as like a dementia in, you know, um, uh, Harry Potter, you know, <laughs> one of those ghosts, those eerie ghosts that when they come close to you, you feel a bit awful. So when you get a negative thought, you acknowledge in awareness the negative thought. So you say mm -hmm. to the negative thought, you don't have to say this out loud, but I, I'm just doing it for some people. So you say to the negative, negative thought, I'm a being of light. I don't get negative thoughts. If you're in my mind, it must mean that you're coming from somewhere else. And actually, you see me as the light, so you want to go to the light. So I'm going to send you up to the light. So in your mind's eye, 
visualize the dementia or the negative thought going to the light. And when you can see it up there in the light, then say to the dementia, say, now that you're in your light, you must only have positive thoughts. So give me a positive thought. And then you receive or have the expectation or intention of getting a positive thought. Once you have that, then you go, thank you and send it on its way. What you're doing there, and this is great for kids because I, I do a lot of mental wellness work, is what you're actually doing there is giving them a gamified version of turning negative thoughts into positive thoughts. Mm-hmm. And you can actually add one layer to that is to say, count them up and you can work out how many points you get by the end of the day as well. So it's a really good way of just, you know, changing and reframing those negative thoughts into positive thoughts. And actually, the other way you can do it all the time as well is every single time you get a negative thought, is go, and I always believe that everything that happens to you is happening to you, not against you. Uh, sorry, for you, not against you. And by what I mean by that is if you look at every hardship in life and look at it and ask, what am I learning here? How can I grow from this? And what can I utilize here to help other people in some way or form? And that's what happens. And you know, if you keep doing that and keep seeding those affirmations and, and, and writing them out as well, you know, eventually, you know, it, you'll just implant these positive thoughts into your head. Don't get me wrong. We all sometimes get doubts. We all sometimes get negative thoughts, but it's just practice makes perfect. It's like going to the gym. If you don't pump that iron and pump it regularly and just do it for a couple of days, then you'll build up the muscle. Very true. Very true. Some good points. So um, interestingly enough, one of your clients, Dell, Dell Computers, and interesting and I'd love to know how you landed that gig because I know that there are some of our listeners here that are like executive coaches or consultants out there and they're, and they're, they're going after the elephants. Yet we all know it's very difficult to take down elephants, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes you just have to go hunt rabbits, as I like to call it. But tell us a little bit more about how you went and uh, how, how you acquired uh, Dell as a, as, as a, as a, as a as a client, I suppose. Well, the first thing I'll say is, you know, I, I used to head up sales and marketing C-level uh, mm. for Ireland's biggest fund manager, basically. So that kind of helps. Got it. So that was well recognized. And I also have worked, as you said, for people like, you know, Fidelity, Lazard, Columbia Threadneedle, HSBC, Aviva, on the investment side. So these are some of the biggest companies in the world. So preferably for a lot of big companies in terms of executive coaching, they prefer people who've been in the corporate world. Yeah. So that obviously is an added advantage for me. But at the time I had a radio show, I still have a radio show, which you know, it goes out to 2 million people, gets about 140,000 live listeners every week. And I was linked in with the president of Dell in Ireland, who's one down from Michael Dell. And he spoke at a particular event and I'd seen him before. And then I also saw that he got promoted. It was a, it was a promotion from looking after 120,000 people to 180 or something like that, you know, whatever. And I just sent him a message on LinkedIn. I think everybody is listening. LinkedIn, I think, is the most authentic platform and the best platform for me anyway, in terms of getting new clients. And the reason being is because you can utilize LinkedIn recommendations from past clients that you've worked with to showcase and prove the results. So I said to this particular guy, I'm not going to name him, but um, I said to the president of Dell, I said, uh, congratulations, let's call him Bob. It's not his name, but let's call him <laughs> I said, Bob, congratulations on your, your, you know, your uh, promotion. Um, I saw you at speaking a while ago. I thought you were fantastic. Um, I spoke recently at the National Workplace Wellbeing Conference. Here's the video of it. If you ever want to have a chat, how I can add value to your business, let me know. And he came back to me within less than, you know, maybe a couple of hours 
And he said, Doug, I'd be delighted to meet with you. Uh, here's my details of my secretary, get in touch. So within two weeks, I had a meeting with him. But before I went in, I made sure that I did my knowledge in terms of research about him. So I found out that he was the, uh, the president of the American Chamber of Commerce. Uh, and I'm, I've spoken at the Dublin Chamber of Commerce, the European Chamber of Commerce, the London Chamber of Commerce, uh, the Galway Chamber of Commerce and the Tanzanian Chamber of Commerce. So I was able to say to him when I actually met him, you know, this obviously. Uh, the second thing was I saw that he was uh, into charity and he was actually on the committee of the Special Olympics Committee. And I was, um, I've been an ambassador for, for the uh, Wooden Spoon Charity, which looks, uh, it's the Six Nations Charity actually that helps mentally and physically handicapped children. And uh, also he's a rugby fan. I'm a rugby fan. Nice. Uh, he was a, a, he's a Munster fan. I'm a Leinster fan. Um, <laughs> but, but one of Munster's greatest players is Frankie Sheen and, for, and he played for Ireland as well. And he's a friend of mine. So I had lots of links. So when I went in there, I also went in there and I said, this is really important. When you go and meet somebody, never go in with the intention, the energy and that's why it's really important to get into that mindset, that energy that you want to make, him to make a sale. I went in there with the pure energy of making him my friend. So uh, because that way, you know, if anyone ever met him and said, what do you think of Doug Gordon? He said, I was a really nice guy, good guy and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, I went in with that intention, making him my friend. And I went in and I said, uh, I said, Bob, I see you're the president of the American Chamber of Commerce. I've spoken to all these different other Chamber of Commerces. If I can add value in terms of the talk anytime, it'd be my pleasure. So one, I showed that I'd done my research and then secondly, straight away, I was offering him something to add value to him. Mm. Secondly, then as well, I mentioned his charity, something that was close to his heart in terms of the Spanish Special Olympics. Normally people have somebody they know who's in that circumstance as well. So I've, I said to him, look, I'm also in a very similar type of charity. Uh, if I can collaborate and help with you in any way, let me know. Again, connection to the heart, very, very important. Don't just connect through the head connect through the heart. Um, so that was the second thing. And then we talked a little bit about rugby, children, everything like that. And at that point, he was gonna bring me into the canteen, but he then brought me up to his office. And at that point, we had a little bit more small chat. And, I, and the next point is very important. I then asked him, I said, Bob, is it okay if I tell you a little about my business? Because what I was doing there was engaging his subconscious. Because if I started ranting on saying how great I was and all this kind of stuff, he might've switched off. Whereas because I've asked permission to sell, then he opens up and says, yes. So that was the first thing. And then I never once mentioned how good I was, how good my company was or how good my consultants were. Instead, I just showcased LinkedIn recommendations that linked in terms of the technology industry to show like CEOs and C-level execs that I'd worked with and told him what I'd done with them. And that was it. So I used, utilized those, showed him what I'd done with them. And then at that point, um, at the end of it, I said, look, if I can help you in terms of coaching, consulting, or corporate training, my, my pleasure. And he said, absolutely, Doug, I'm going to help you out. And then I just walked out of the room, thanked him, obviously, walked out of the room, got into the car, drove around literally five minutes into the nearest garage and followed up straight away. Sent him an email saying, thank you so much for your time. I just want to say if I can help you in corporate training, coaching, blah, blah, blah. And he literally came back to me. This guy looks after 180,000 people came back to me within less than half an hour saying, CCing all the HR people, Doug, this is John, this is Sheila, this is so-and-so. Uh, these are all to do with corporate training. Corporate. And now I got in. So it's all about the follow-up. It's all about being in their energy. It's all about adding value. It's all about becoming friends with them for long-term, not just for the short-term sale. You know, it's really interesting, right? So I had an experience recently, Doug. I met a, a client who had, um, who, who basically was an attendee of one of my speaking gigs. And, and during our conversation, you know, we, we, we 
kind of got to know each other, etc. And uh, and 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 the thing is, halfway through, she's like, "Hey, can you be can you be my coach?" And I'm like, "No." And <laughs> and I, and I told her the reason being, um, I was like, for me to you know to really get to know i need to get to know you more and become friends with you and 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 really uh find out what you're about is that a good thing or a bad thing what's your perspective on this because i know that some people would disagree with our conversation with regards to why didn't you just go in for the sale and just sell her for your highest package i could have done that but i felt it was just completely not me what's your take on that well i think what you did adam was great because what you're doing is just showing care and consideration and empathy towards the client rather than just looking to go for the quick sale. Yeah. And by under understanding what her needs are before you pushing your own um, opinions and everything on her, it allows you to get a much better idea whether or not you can truly help her. And do you know what? If you can in that situation, but you know somebody who can, then you know what? Twofold. One, you'll get utmost respect from that client. And she might recommend somebody else for you because she'll yes. go, what a nice guy. And secondly, you might get a recommendation from the person that you recommend her to as well mm. so you might not get a client but you might get someone who sells you for you as well which is you know good point very it's a yeah. good point well that, that was cool and that was completely random by the way it was just kind of a, a, an experience that i had recently and so i just thought i could, i just wanted to put that out there anyway so i know we're coming towards the end of our, our our conversation and stuff like that and you're working on numerous things and stuff like that but tell us a little bit more about what you're working on right now and and how can people get back? Uh, how, what's the best way that people can get in touch with you? Sure, thanks, Adam. So I've just finished a book uh, called High Performance Success Without Stress, as I mentioned early on. It's all about optimizing your energy to optimize your performance in life. It's got testimonies from three New York Times bestsellers, a Hollywood Star Wars actress, and three TV celebrities as well. Actually, and a Guinness Book of Record holder. He uh, actually completed the seven summits of the world twice first. Um, so some really good recommendations there. People who read, you know, a good bit of the book or just know me very well from speaking on stage alongside of them. And so that book's just come out. And I think it's really going to add value to people's lives in terms of helping you find purpose, being able to clear out anything past crap that you're holding on to in terms of baggage, <laughs> helping you optimize energy, utilize energy, manipulate energy, even in a good way, not a bad way. And then on top of that, get yourself into the best flow state, energetic state, so you can get more done, less time and less stress. And there's a little bit about goal setting and relationships in there as well. And a little bit about how you can get into the best state physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually as well. So that's that. But there's also a online course version of that, which is out already, um, which is at HTTPS uh, forward slash forward slash uh, training dot dougdgordon.com. And you can go on there and that normally costs a thousand dollars, but at the moment it's down at $200 and it has all my best ideas and all the tips that I have from working with some of the best people in the world in terms of C-level execs, sports stars, actors, actresses, and many others as well. Cool. So that's that. And you can get in touch with me. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn is probably one of the best ways to get uh, Doug Gordon at DNS Performance Opt Optimization uh, Limited. Um, or you can get me on my uh uh, website which is uh, I've got three websites there's dougdgordon.com which is just me there's ds there's in delta sierra deliver and serve dsperformanceoptimization.com and also bodyhealthandsoul.com I have three different ones one for corporate which is the ds dns performance optimization one for speaking gigs for myself 
and then one for healing and everything like that as well. Very cool. And and for you guys that are probably freaking out right now, thinking that you need to rewind this recording over and over again just to get the just to get that information, we're going to put the links below. So make it your life a lot lot easier. So that's all good. So listen, I hope that you've enjoyed today's show. Now I don't ask too much for any of our listeners actually. I just hope that you enjoy it first of all. Uh, but secondly, if you do enjoy it. One of my big, big, big goals is to get more reviews for this podcast. So if you enjoy some of our podcasts and you listen and you listen to some of our regular shows, please do leave a review uh, either on Apple or Spotify, whichever you prefer. And also what you can do if you've got like a, a book full of notes like I've just taken, you can also click on the link, which is called Buy Me a Coffee. That's Buy Me a Coffee. The link is below. And again, whatever value you get from today's podcast, we're going to be reinvesting and we're going to be taking it to the next level, whatever that looks like to you. But honestly, we've got some big plans for the show. So listen, from me and Doug, hope that you've enjoyed today's show and uh, we'll see you again back on here on the Game Change Experience. Take care and we'll see you soon. Cheers. Hey guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Game Changers Experience. I would be gratefully appreciated if you could leave a good or a bad review. Doesn't matter, one or a five star review, whichever you prefer, on any of the platforms, whether it be on Apple, whether it be on Spotify, Podchaser, etc. And please leave a testimonial or review about our podcast. And if you have enjoyed our podcast, then I look forward to seeing you on the next Game Changer Experience. Take care, see you soon, etc. And please leave a testimonial or review about our podcast. And if you have enjoyed our podcast, then I look forward to seeing you on the next Game Changer Experience. Take care, see you soon.